Welcome to Layman Library's first episode of the Gent and the Geek podcast, the show that tries to convert a non-comic book reader into an aficionado. We're your hosts, Lena and Colby. I'm the Gent. And I'm the Geek. Let's get started. So how are you, Colby? I am doing well. I have found myself in a lovely recording spot here in the apartment and you know, I think we're going to do a great job today. Well, before we get started, let's tell the audience a little bit about ourselves. Cool. I'm Lena, and I am a huge comic book and manga fan. I think the first book I actually enjoyed reading as a child was one of my brother's old cast-off comics. So, Michael, if you've tuned in, thanks for all the comics. Right on. And I am Colby. I am a novice to all of these wonderful mediums of print. I guess we could say I am the initiate, um, but I will be here to test this knowledge and get acquainted with it myself. So to get the ball rolling, you said your brother played a role in your love of comics. Was there any specific comic that you can remember him giving you? He, the first comic he gave me uh, was an X-Men comic, an old X-Men comic that he had laying around. And I was, I'm pretty sure he knew I would sneak into his room and like go through his comics. And he kind of figured it out one day and was like, oh, here, I don't need this old comic, Lena, you can have it. So to like a four or five year old at the time, that was like the best thing ever. That is super, super cute. I, I really love the dichotomy of having a younger sibling kind of come in and see what they're doing, have a little bit of suspicion and just run with a desire. That's that's super cute. And to pause for a moment, the, the X-Men, if I'm correct, that is Marvel, correct? That is correct. That is all Marvel. Wonderful. I'm glad that, you know, working with the teens is rubbed off a little bit. Well, <laughs> what type of comic book stories do you prefer? Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh, I tend to gravitate towards more action and hero comics, but every now and then I'll read just random comics that are like uh, fairy tales retold or maybe an adventure. So I kind of read a little of everything, but mostly all my comics are action adventure ones. Radical. I love that. I love that. Um... Well, do you believe that comics can help us relate better to each other and understand more about life, especially now in this this era where we are having to social distance and do this podcast apart from one another, unfortunately, but as well, along with all of the various tensions and the bubbling up and fomenting of division within society, do you, do you think that can lend itself to these times? as far as being a different medium than your regular book? Oh, definitely. Um, comics kind of have always played a role in society. For instance, during World War II, there were a lot of comic books that tried to explain what was going on in Germany to young the younger audiences. Um, so you can find a lot of comics from that era that are like Superman punching uh, Adolf Hitler or... Uh, trying to explain what was happening with the Jews and the Gypsies during that turbulent time. Um, and comics kind of have kept that ball rolling all the way up till now. There's always a comic that 
tackles really tough issues, brings to light the struggles of different people. It kind of gives kids and adults different perspectives on, on things. I love that. And to kind of segue into, like I alluded a little bit earlier about my own personal experience, I have noticed that. I've picked up on that working with the teens, working with the younger kids, that they they see that wide universe, that they see how accessible it is to them varying upon what age range or literacy range they're in, but it, it translates what's going on today or what happened 50 years ago or what we might speculate will happen down the road into something that's potentially bite-sized, but you can consume it a little easier. And again, I'm a novice to all of it, but that's something that I've admired about it. Um, but to, again, to stem off a little bit further about my own relationship with comics, as I've alluded to, I don't have a remarkable uh, relationship with them or a, a tremendous experience of reading them. That's largely just due to my tastes over time. Um, honestly, the one graphic novel or comic that I remember having a really profound experience on me was actually Fun Home by Alison Bechtel that uh, we were assigned to read in college for a philosophy class. And initially I had my reservations about it, but wonderful, wonderful graphic novel. And I can say that it really, really reshaped my opinions about comics. All of that to say, I still haven't dove into them. So, you know, hopefully that's where we end up going with this. You know, I think I have faith that Lena can talk me into a couple of these comics. Actually, that is one of my actual favorite comics because it's so, I had the same reservations. I didn't think it was going to be all that great, but people kept pushing me to read it. And when I finally got into it and delved into it, I find that there's so much depth to the characters and so much sadness and kind of bitterness and a bittersweet ending that you just felt like once you closed the book, you felt like you read someone's memoirs instead of looking at a comic. So I can definitely understand where there's reservations because a lot of times adults go, oh, it's a comic book, it's for kids. But there are comics out there that are just so deep and so lovely and so moving that when you close them, you feel like you've either stepped into this character's family or that you know them so well that you kind of go, oh, these people aren't actually real. They're fake characters that someone, you know, created and then put to a page. So I can definitely understand people's reservations about comics, especially kind of shying away from them. But I'm, I'm here to let you know, comics have always played a huge part in our society and I don't think they're gonna go away anytime soon. I, I, I agree with that. I, without reticence, I, I, I mean, hey, I still shelve them almost every day. Well, now every day, but you get the point. True enough. So I have a couple questions for you. Just right, to kind I'm of ready. scope you out. So the Marvel Universe movies have become insanely popular. Did you get a chance to watch them? And if you did, what do you think about them? I have had the opportunity to watch i would say probably 70 to 75 percent of the of the marvel movies um i can remember going to the theaters to see some of them whenever they came out but again you know i don't have the same relationship that other people do 
or might have or would have developed with the comic book characters and the, and the graphic novels. So it, as they were coming out, as these movies hit the, the, the box office, it was something that was interesting to me from surely just kind of a fantasy perspective. Now, I will say that getting more familiar with the universe itself from even a distant perspective, but the more that I've learned from the kids at work, the teens specifically, uh, the the more that I, I do have a hankering to, to learn more about uh, uh, the universes. And well, you'll get into that, I know. But uh, I've, I've liked them. I have to say, I think that uh, Rocket Raccoon is definitely my favorite character. He has the most sass and I think they portrayed him very well from comic two movies. So when we get into the Marvel universe a little and you see him or as you read him, you'll kind of go, ah, he's the same in the movies. He's kind of a rambunctious, sassy raccoon that just spit things out. So you'll see that in the comics. So I'm glad you at least like Rocket. If you were transformed into a superhero, what powers do you think you'd have? I th that is a really, really good and interesting question. Depending upon, you know, where, cause I like, I'm a novice to it all, but I'm familiar with the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their origin to some degree and how it involved the, oh, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but the radiation or the sewage, I'll learn later. Um, so, I mean, I would probably be very white bread and very, very generic and I would, oh, I could only hope that I could move things in my mind or something like that. I think that's like a popular answer with people is to move things with your mind because we're, we're lazy. I know I'm lazy. Some days I wish I didn't have to get up and cross the room to get a remote control. And if I could just sit on the couch and just bring it to me with my mind, that would be the best thing ever. Absolutely. Honestly, if I could just live my life like Matilda, so much would be better. That was like the best thing. Like when I was little and I saw that movie, I was like, yes, it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously it didn't happen and I'm a little salty about that, but we're just going to move past the saltiness. <laughs> right, right. We'll stay tuned and see if those come in for you. I'm rooting for you. So if com uh, comics can be confusing, uh, how do you think you're going to handle the different universes and crossovers and print it, uh, imprints? And for those of you who don't know what imprints are, they're like subsidiaries of comic book companies, which focus on specific group of readers. For example, Max is an imprint of Marvel, which specializes in adult-oriented comics. So they're much more grittier and rough around the edges. I have to say that from a very compulsive perspective of wanting to have a very finite, distinct understanding of what's going on, I think that the broader imprints, universes, and crossovers might make me panic a little bit, try and get my story straight, try and understand what's going on. But I will say that I'm living for the sheer amount of material that is there to look at. Again, though, 
I'm getting a little panicky. So, but no, in all seriousness, I, I can't wait to see what you have planned. I, and speaking of what, what are we going to be looking at? So I have two comics that I think you'll enjoy. We have Rat Queens or The Prince and the Dressmaker. So Rat Queens was written by Curtis J. Weeb and the art was by Rock Up Church. Uh, it's a D&D-esque comic. You'll meet a pack mm. of death-dealing bad inmates for hire. It's a dark comic packed with sass and plenty of attitude. You'll meet Hannah, the rockabilly elven mage, Violet, the hipster dwarven fighter, Dee, the atheist human cleric, and Betty, the hippie smidgen thief. That is right up my alley. The Prince and the Dressmaker, which I also think you'll really like, by Jen Wang. Um, Prince Sebastian is hiding a big secret from everyone. At night, he puts on daring dresses and takes Paris by storm as the fabulous Lady Cristalia. Sebastian's secret weapon and his best friend, Francis, is only one of two people who know the truth. Francis dreams of greatness, but being someone's secret weapon means being someone's secret forever. So both of these comics are really, really good. Um, the Rat Queens is a series of comics, whereas The Prince and the Dressmaker is just a one-off, but both comics kind of, they're kind of easy to follow. They're not too in-depth. Um, they're easy to follow along with the characters and the plot. Even though they kind of take twists and turns, you shouldn't be too confused by any of the characters or new characters jumping in midway and going, hey, who's that person? So right. I think they're really good comics to start off with. I, you know, like I said, I'm a little torn, but I I really think I'm leaning towards the prince and the dressmaker. That, that sounds like my kind of story, honestly. Great. So I really think you'll like The Prince and the Dressmaker. It's one of those soft moving comics. Uh, the characters are really well thought out. Everything that happens in it is just such a beautiful story. And I can't really describe the feeling that you get from it, but at the end of it, you close the book and you're going, not everything is going to end badly. <laughs> Like you and go into that. this book, you go into this book and at a certain point you go, oh no, this isn't going to end well. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, well, nice. That, that's good. So I, I really think you'll like it. Um, the artwork in it is beautiful. The design of the dresses are just amazing. So if you don't like the comic, at least you have beautiful pictures to look at and the beautiful dresses. <laughs> Which, again, is a wonderful byproduct of having this almost dual medium form of print. We have the, the writing itself, and then we have the artistry. And, you know, I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to it. Good. I'm so happy you chose this. Um, you can actually place a hold for The Prince and the Dressmaker from uh, Layman Library if you call in to 501-758. 1720 to schedule an appointment for a curbside pickup and if there's anyone out there who wants to read the rat queens you can download it from hoopla and you can get hoopla from your app store absolutely and make sure that you join us on july 10th as i give my review 
and Lena gives me another comic book suggestion after I have finished the dressmaker, the prince and the dressmaker, excuse me. And make sure to follow Layman Library on Facebook and Twitter if you haven't already. We're also proud to announce that Layman is now providing curbside pickup for our patrons Monday through Friday. And for more information, call 501-758-1720. Again, that number is 501-758-1720. We look forward to helping you. That's it for this show, guys. Stay safe and read on. Thanks.